pleasant good morning to everyone and welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show. Watched exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown, joined by Charles Edmond of the uh, Alcorn State Radio Network. Charles is live at the home school, Alcorn State University. Here's the guest menu. Of course, Charles Edmond uh, joins us. Also, Kevin Rozier of the OG Strike Zone. He'll join us and give us a preview of FAMU. Then our regularly scheduled characters, Coach Van Petaway and A.D. Willow-Brown. Here's simply what's trending, and then we'll get into the show. Of course, Southern University hosting FAMU. Defend the turf. Defend your turf. Some could say maybe, just maybe, not getting ahead of ourselves, could be a preview of the SWAC football championship, according to the prognosticators. But I'll simply for this game, Southern defend your home turf. Also, the SWAC uh, basketball preseason predictions and polls are out. Both women and the men's basketball team will get into that. Of course, with uh, Coach Van Petaway. And then last but not least, big yeah. news coming out from the NCAA. The council permanently drops new player limit for football. That's what's trending on the Coles Round Show here on the Black College Sports Network. Charles Edmund, good morning. Hey, Carlos, good morning. We're on the beautiful campus of Alcorn State University. It's homecoming 2023. A packed house expected, and uh, it's a great atmosphere, and it's a beautiful day for football. Well, let me just get this right out. I'm pulling for selfish reasons. I'm pulling for Alcorn State because your alma mater, a very confident bunch of uh, players, student-athletes right now, and that's Grambling State University. So, for selfish reasons, I'm pulling for Alcorn State today here in Baton Rouge. A game, 6 p.m., ESPNU, live. Jay Walker, I like to call him Jay Miak Walker. And he, let, and he lets you know that. He does. He does. And Tiffany Green in town to call all the action. Big matchup. Huge. We'll look at um, some of the important numbers. Uh, give our opinions. And, Charles, I was kidding you for the show. Then you don't have to give your prediction now, but everyone knows who you're going to predict. We'll just get that out of the way. Um, and by the way, you predicted Alabama A&M, and you didn't predict UAPB. But we'll, we'll take a look of last week's ball game because some interesting things came out that pleased many in the Jaguar Nation. But Jaguar Nation is not. Uh, satisfied. So, Southern and Pine Bluff, Jaguars last week, get it done on the road, and they seem to have a lot of success in Pine Bluff. Beautiful weather. The Jaguars get it done 27-0. to A sighting was seen, Charles. It was the running game. In one game, they beat the total of the previous games 230 yards rushing. So the running game appears. 
now you got to work on consistency. That opened up the passing game, 258 yards for Harold Blood. First pass, INT, after that, 18 of 20 for 258 yards, 488 total yards. But um, a pleasing thing to have the running game um, make an appearance. Now, it's going to be an upgrade from UAPB with FAMU from a defensive standpoint. So offensively, we're going to see what Southern can put together. I've already got text messages saying Coach Dooley has to call, because he's offensive coordinator, he will have to call the best game of his tenure at Southern University. That's just kind of what I've been getting all week. But the defense coming into last week only had, what, forced one turnover? They got four against UAPB. Outstanding defensive effort. Only gave up like 200-plus yards total. So, Gary Qualls, first 100-yard rusher, 15 carries, 102 yards. Harold Blood, 18 of 20, 225 yards, one TD, one interception. That was, in essence, though, the running game and the defense has continuously played well. They're playing at an elite level. Are they perfect? No, but they have been playing outstanding. They're going to need an effort, another consistent effort against MU tonight. Newsflash. Breaking news. When you can run the football, everything else becomes a lot easier. I think that's the newsflash. We can put that on CNN. We can put it on ESPN. Newsflash. We can run the football. Good things happen. Newsflash. <laughs> yeah, and, and being balanced. Alabama State ran for over 200 yards against Alcorn last week. In the previous game against FAMU, they ran for 14. Now, Alabama State fumbled the game away, but they were able to run the football. Their quarterback wasn't all that great, but they ran the football, and that kept the Braves off balance. When you can run the football, good things happen. Mm -hmm. And so that you talked about it at the start of the season, Carlos. If Southern can get that balance, I think they'll have a puncher's chance in any game. Don't turn the football over. Your defense has been good. Our defense has been good. But you got to be able to run the football. And Southern was able to do that, and they were able to take care of business. Now they're going to have to play – the best game that they played in a long time. And of course we'll have our predictions, but I'm, I'm going to issue a challenge as well as give a prediction to the Jaguars coming up whenever it's time to make those predictions. I'm going to issue a prediction and a challenge because I have something to say about Southern and playing at home in big games in Mumford. Maybe it's a sellout. Maybe it's a packed house. I don't know. It should be best team in the league coming in. I don't know, but I'm going to issue a challenge to the Jaguars when it's time. Well, breaking news, Forrester prediction, we'll say this, it's trending toward FAMU for Charles Edmond. He didn't say that, I said it. Oh, we know what's going to happen. So that's breaking news. It's not going to be unexpected. But uh, Southern University uh, uh, gets it done. Kind of gauging the Jaguar Nation, they're happy for the, the victory, but guess what? there's still more work 
to be done. And that's kind of the the, the grasp I'm getting um, from, from, from the Jaguar Nation. What will this victory do if they can get it tonight? It will really, one, breed more confidence. You're already trending in the right way. And you just... You just don't know. Sometimes it could be a uh, uh, Natalie Hicks. Good morning. And, and good morning to uh, everyone uh, that, that is watching in the HBCU Nation. Um, but it, it can do a lot of good because you're trending up. They started the season zero and two. High expectations. And, and when you get off to a zero and two start and you predicted to win the West, and you have high expectations, it can really just knock the enthusiasm. But the true supporters and fans and alumni, yeah, they can voice their opinion, and they're going to do that. But they're going to stick with you as well. This game tonight can go a long way in maybe smoothing over some of those rough spots. Anger in some parts disappointment, that's where I fall at, of those first two games. But they're, but they're trending upward, and now they've got to work on consistency. And, and they're going to need it tonight, Charles. You know, we talk about the running game, but I just believe you've got to be balanced. And I'm going to say this now. First big hint, if Southern University has to sit back and throw the ball over 40-plus times, it's, it doesn't end well. Got to have balance. We'll look at, we'll chart first downs. You, you got to be unpredictable on first down. You've already talked about it in, in previous, previous shows. Utilize every weapon in your arsenal. Tight ends, backs out in the, in the passing uh, schemes, slant patterns, curlings, the intermediate routes. I just don't believe you're going to be successful if you're going to try to throw deep all the time. I don't I don't think you'll have that much time to do that. But in other words, a simple thing, take what the defense gives you, and especially top two defensive teams in the conference separated by nine yards, nine yards. We'll get a little more of, you know, scoring defense, scoring offensively, but both strengths of this football uh, teams are their defense. FAMU statistics show they're better offensively than the Jaguars. So, folks, that's that's where it's at. It's for Southern and FAMU. Also, of course, Grambling State and Alcorn. I think that's the second big game of the week. But make no mistake about it. The, the game of the week is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, A.W. Mumford Stadium. Charles? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. The two top games in the league, you know, uh, obviously down there and, and here. You know, I've said this the last few weeks. All corn fans and Southern fans are kind of feeling the same way. You know, we, we won last week. You know, we, we, we took a victory from the jaws of defeat. Um, in overtime, Southern University got the win, did what they were supposed to do. They were the better team than Pine Bluff, first-year head coach and all that. But I'm sure, just like you mentioned, some Jaguar fans still not totally over it. 
And even though mm-hmm. we last week, a lot of Braves fans still not over it. Uh, we're on the same path. And so this is a big game in, as far as just getting back on track. We have a loss already in the division. And that was against Preview here a couple weeks ago. Can't afford another. And who would have thought, Carlos, as far as all-course running game? And you have been high on the Braves running game. And so is everybody. The last two weeks, we don't have 200 yards rushing total. And Grambling, the last two weeks, has had over 400 yards rushing. Who would have thought that 30 days ago when we were looking at all these games? Mm. Grambling found their stride. They have found a quarterback right now that can get it done. Alabama State transfer who's slinging it all over the yard. Who would have thought that 30 days ago? They found their offensive stride in the Braves. Aaron Allen will get the start again. But the running game has kind of hit a root. And so who would have thought that? It just shows you that every week you got to come out ready to go. And I think, you know, for the Braves, it's a huge game, a huge statement with a bye week coming up. Then we go to Pine Bluff on their homecoming, and then Southern University rolls in here. So I think the next couple of weeks are going to be big for a bunch of teams, for Southern, for Grambling, for Alcorn, for FAMU. For the top-tier teams, these next couple of weeks are going to be really, really big. Well, you know, I have a theory because, you know, I always talk about being balanced. And specifically for Alcorn State, if I'm – and I'm going to defend them defensive game plan like I would defend Southern until proven otherwise – you stop the running game, then you force them to beat you throw, throw the football. And then I'll live with that. And I'm sure FAMU is going to come in with the same game plan to try to stop the run, negate it, and, you know, force them to beat him, passing the football. And I think with Alcorn, the same thing. You, you try to make a team one-dimensional. And I think that's what FAMU – uh, we'll, we'll try to do. And, and, and boy, Charles, I, I got a chance to listen to the last part of that game. Shame on Alabama State. Look, Alcorn happy with the victory, but shame. You, you're going in to go up by at least 10 points, and you fumble inside. You gave the gift of a lifetime. They did it twice. And so if I'm Alcorn State fans, yeah, I'm probably feeling even a little bit more disappointed yeah. because you literally what, what are the chances of and it's happened we've seen Southern and Alabama and them fumble going into to, at the goal line but to to do that and do that at home yeah I'm I'm not feeling too good right now from Alcorn State uh, fans and, and alum but hey you get the victory albeit yeah. via a gift well, you know, you know the 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 phrase that is that is going around right now, and I think in sports is, I'll take an ugly win over a pretty loss any day. I've heard that mm-hmm. once over the last month. I'll take an ugly win over a pretty loss any day of the week, and I think that what, what you're seeing in college football, you're seeing a lot of ugly wins. You know, LSU Ole Miss last week. That was an ugly win. Seven hundred yards of offense. That was great, but still, it wasn't a thing of beauty. And I think in the SWAC, you're seeing a bunch of games that aren't a work of art. But coaches will take it as long as you have one more point than opposition on the scoreboard. We know what fans are going to say. It wasn't pretty, but hey, a win is a win. So they look good. But now we'll see when the best team rolls into Mumford at 6 o'clock. We'll see what happens there. And probably the second best team, Grambling, 
or maybe the third best team, Grambling rolls in here at 230 on homecoming. So we'll we'll see big tests coming up for both of these teams. Yeah, it, it will be. Um, and, boy, we're talking about how people are feeling. Alabama State fans ought to just be literally sick, literally sick. You, 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 you had the game. You played pretty much well enough to win it and, and didn't get it done. I guess that's the way football goes sometimes. It's a thin line between a win and a loss. Well, seven fumbles. They had seven fumbles at home and lost – three or four of them. So that was the game. I mean, you, you fumble seven times at home. You probably don't deserve to win the game. I mean, and they, and they didn't, they wanted that. They had a field goal block for a touchdown. They pick up a first down with, we burn our timeout with four minutes left. They fumble at the five, but you got to give Aaron Allen a lot of credit though, for pushing the ball down the field. Totally different to Tyler making. He's the big arm. And then our wide receivers late in that game made some big catches, you know, Malik Rogers, uh, T. Adams, who, who was recruited as a quarterback, transformed into a wide receiver, made some big catches. Aaron Allen, you know, he you can make the case right now as far as quarterback play the last three weeks. Aaron Allen's probably one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the SWAT, Southwestern Athletic Conference right now. Only one interception in mm-hmm. the last three starts. He's protecting the football. He's managing the football game. So Aaron Allen, you know, Louisiana Tech transfer, quietly is coming of his own. And, so, we're, you know, just different dynamics. We're pushing the ball down the field, something we didn't think that would be the case because we've been so used to running the football. But uh, I tell you what, you know, it just shows you in this first month of the season just how things have changed, how the script has flipped, and you just don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, Southern's going to get a test, and the Alcorn's going to get a test here today. Breaking news, in my opinion, Allen is the better fit. I know Macon, coming from Missouri, great athlete, but overall package, I, I like Allen. From the outside looking in, but I understand that, you know, a lot of times that dual threat quarterback comes in with super athletic ability. But it's about getting it done. And, and just from the outside looking in, to me, Allen is – the best fit to get things done, but I'm I'm sure I'm in the minority on that one. Um, it's it's it, and right now. I mean, look, this is about right now. You're a month into the season. You're on a heated division race. It, it's all about you know. Kyle Shanahan said this a long time ago. We're gonna ride the hot hand, and right now, Aaron Allen has the hot hand. So if you talk with coaches across college football, whichever quarterback has the hot hand in this moment is the one that's going to be getting the start. So Aaron Allen, for all the talk, he has the hot hand right now, and that's who's going to start. Tyler Macon may see some plays like he did last week. That's a game-time decision, according to Fred McNair. And a lot of people want to see Tyler Macon. A lot of hype, a lot of build-up for him. Um, not exactly 100%. He did see some plays last week. But right now, we're, we're riding the back of Aaron Allen, and he is slinging that football. And so if he can continue to do that, you know, Grambling's defense is last in the league. So the numbers and the analytics indicate that the Braves should be able to put some points on the board and get some things done offensively. We'll see. Got to protect the football. Got to you know call a really good game. But I think we should be able to get some things done against Grambling. And our defense is going to have to show up a little bit and, and not be worn down. Because I think Alabama State did that over 200 yards rushing last week when they only had 14 against FAMU the week before. Family's really good against the run. Number one in, in, in the conference. Uh, once again, 
I, I think they're going to have to slow this game down. If, if it gets into a, a, a shootout, I think it favors Grambling State. So, Alcorn, you, you want to slow it down. You want to rely on your defense to get it done. Offensively, you want to be efficient. Don't turn the ball over. And the running game would be very well served to eat up possessions and time on the clock. So with that being said, uh, let's switch before we get to our first time out and then our, our next guest. Uh, the SWAC basketball predictions are out. Of course, we'll talk with Coach Petaway uh, uh, about it. But they had SWAC Media Day for basketball, and if you look on social media, uh, you can see in the form of the SWAC uh, magazine, some great, great pictures. And with that being said, uh, on the men's side, Texas Southern University. On the women's side, Jackson State. But it, it's going to be very, very competitive, Charles. Very competitive. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's funny to me. I mean, you know, you had the Braves, you know, won their second straight regular season title. And Landon Bussey told me the other day, this is his best team that he's had since he's been here. He told me that the other day. And he looked at me dead serious and said, Charles, team I've had. I mean, we'll see, of course, once we get in the swag play. But, you know, Texas Southern, a team that started 0-5 last year in conference, for them to come out of the ashes, win the tournament, and then here it is. They're, they're picked to win it. Um, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it personally. I think, you know, when you look at, you know, P.J. Henry coming back and you look at a bunch of other pieces coming back. I think uh, I don't have a problem with it. And in Jackson State, you know, to Coach Reed quietly just putting her pieces together. I mean, she's going to be good, but who's going to push her? Is it going to be Bama State? Is it going to be UAPB? Uh, who is it going to be? Grambling's got a new women's coach. But, you know, who's going to push Jackson State? I think for them it's all about the tournament because they did great in regular season but couldn't get it done in the tournament. So we'll we'll see. I'm 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 just anxious to see how this non-conference rolls out and see which teams are healthy. But I don't have a problem with the predictions. It's it's you know you always talk about it, Carlos. How we start non-conference is it a template for what's going to happen in conference? Probably not. But it's but it's good fodder and good conversation. Yeah, good conversation. And I I don't want to get my blood pressure going up yeah. with, with with these non-conference games um, because we, we we look at the situation. We had a good discussion about this, what, a couple of weeks ago last week um, with A.D. Willow Brown and, you know, what you have to do, the ultimate sacrifice by the basketball teams to go play all these guaranteed games. Then when they come uh, for conference play, you know, with poor records, then you expect the fan base to be very enthusiastic. So uh, I, I'm, I'm just not gonna go down that that again. It is, it is what it is. These these predictions, we'll see how they play out at the uh, end of the season. We'll take a timeout, and when we come back, it'll be more of the Carlos Brown show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Itchy. Squirmy. Scratchy. Family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Stride K-12 Powered Schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state certified teachers trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall.
welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Our first guest, Kevin Rosier of the ONG Strike Zone. Kevin, uh, good afternoon to you. I guess um, you, you're enjoying the human jukebox, I see. Hey, they're my second favorite band outside of the hundred, man. Absolutely. They, they, they be rocking, man. I, I got to give them credit. I'm a fan. No, I understand that, that 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 clip was actually with the LSU game last year, and so it, it's kind of you know making his round still on on social uh, media. Kelvin, huge game tonight. Southern University and FAMU. I guess if you look at the uh, prognosticators, they have FAMU favorite, albeit Southern's at home. But when you look at this history, it is really uh, of late been in the family's favor. But they've had some uh, some great games in the past. But talk about FAMU, your expectations for this game tonight for the Rattlers. I'm going into this game a little uh, – I'm very interested to see our reaction. You know, we had a little adversity um, after last week's game. We're we're a tested team. I mean, we played Jackson State, we played USL, we played a West Florida team that's uh, still a, a top ranked team, Division Two, and we've only had two home games. So we're a tested team. This team came back with forty some seniors on it, or grad students. So we're an experienced team. So the, of course, naturally, the expectations were pretty high for this team, and are high for this team. So, you know, we, we have a top-ranked defense. Um, the concern has been more on the offensive consistency. We play in spurts. So we're averaging about 27 points a game. The highest we've – I think we've got 31 twice this year, once against West Florida and the uh, other one, I guess, against uh, last week against Valley. And then Jackson State, 28 points. But those 28 points came in, in the first half, 21 of them in the first quarter. So we play like one quarter of great offensive football, and and that's you know that's the concern going into a hostile environment with a quality opponent like uh so. You know, and it's interesting, uh, Kelvin, that uh, Coach Woods Simmons kind of said the same thing, and, and we're kind of looking at, at both teams as they are now, one with one loss, FAMU, Southern with two, but some similarities. Yeah. Defensively, very strong. It's, it's ironic that you talk about offensively. FAMU has had struggles. So has Southern University. You look at both coaches. We could consider them both offensive gurus, although the Jaguar Nation will say, show me, with uh, Coach Dooley, you know, coming in, into this ball game. So some very interesting uh, similarities. And then the fan bases are not satisfied from an offensive standpoint. Uh, agreed. And it was, you know, the noise got so loud last week that uh, Coach Simmons felt the need to actually address the team. And I, I thought that. it was I thought it was interesting that he chose to do so publicly. And then some things he said later on in the week kind of, for me, brought some insight to, you know, probably why that happened. And he mentioned about being on that long bus ride back after the game. He watches the game, uh, you know, after, you know, the, the tape and so forth. And, and you know, eight hours, ten hours, however long that bus ride is back to Tallahassee, you get back, you know, eight, nine in the morning, 
and you've seen, you know, the polls and people in Rattler Nation chirping, you thinking, you know, we won 31-7. So, you know, you know, no matter how we got there, we won convincingly. So I think all of that kind of played into, you know, the, the, you know, him deciding to do that publicly, which I have no problem with. I understand he's standing up for his guy and so forth. The only question I do have is, does that put more pressure for the quarterback and his play caller? Because remember, he's the quarterback coach. Coach Simmons is a quarterback coach as well as the offensive play caller on game day. So does that put more pressure on him and his quarterback this game? And I, I think so. Wow. Charles, the similarities are just, just almost eerie. You know, I, I, I'm sitting on social media, fam, you not satisfied, you know, offensively. Same with Southern University, but very similarities uh, with, with, with both fan bases and both teams. Well, you can add a whole court in that too, because uh, our fans aren't satisfied with the offense either. So we're, we're all stirred in the same stew here. Um, but you know, when I look at when I look at FAMU and I look at Coach Simmons, I of course I know Willie Simmons when he was offensive coordinator here, you know, and, and he's gonna figure this thing out. But my question is about the quarterback and Coach Simmons coming out. What what's been the deal with with Musa? I mean, he's not the sexiest quarterback, but he's productive and he's serviceable. If you have a serviceable quarterback, most times you got a productive quarterback. Is he is he transforming from that serviceable to productive quarterback role? Because obviously, Willie Simmons loves him, and there's no indication that anything's going to change. That's an interesting point. And what Rowland Nation will probably counter to that is that he doesn't do anything elite, right? Mm. You know, because the expectations are high because we brought in a bunch of uh, transfer running backs who uh, are really quality players and they bring different skill sets. We had 15 returning offensive linemen from last year's teams uh, coming back, and we added three transfers who are starters for this team. So, you know, we had all our receivers come back with exception of, of course, Xavier Smith, who's in the NFL now. So this expectations are high. Moose is a six-year guy. Granted, he's only played uh, college football at this level. This is it's going on his second year. He has the same office coordinator. He has familiarity in terms of the O-line coach and, and, and the head coach and so forth. So the expectation was that he'll he'll do something elite. I know that Coach Simmons doesn't prefer his running his quarterbacks right now to, to be mobile and run a lot. I, I, I get that. But at, at the end of the day, it's about production. Luckily, this is a team sport, and our defense has been light, lights out. Um, our running game has been inconsistent, you know, but we haven't really stuck with it enough, to be honest, to, to, to really judge it. You know, the first seven, eight plays uh, against uh, Mississippi Valley last week were pass plays. And three of them touched Valley defender's hand. So I think that's what, you know, Rally Nation see. They see those spurts and, and, and expectations are high. And those expectations ain't going nowhere. Mm. So. <laughs> wow. Once again, not to be repetitive, but so much similarities. And when you look at it, and you mentioned about that running game, because I know last year they were kind of in the place where Southern was at, you know, prior to the last three weeks, uh, you know, not being effective enough. How important, Kelvin, you think it's going to be for FAMU to try to get to that balance and establish that 
uh, running game against uh, also very good defensive football team in Southern University. There's no way to understate that the running game is what makes family offense be championship level or just very good. It's the difference between winning the Swag East and winning the Celebration Bowl or just having a good season, another 92 season, right? You know, it, it's amazing that, you know, folks could, you know, be up in arms given we're 4-1, and one, you know, we played a lot of the better teams on our schedule. And, um, you know, but, but again, the expectations are so high. But we, we have running backs who can run for power. You know, we, we got Yance at 6'2", 245. We got guys who can run for speed in terms of uh, – you, you saw him a little bit last week. And, mm-hmm. and I, I know there's a little backstory. I'm not going to get into it why you haven't seen a little bit more of him. But I would say you'll probably see number 25 a little bit more in open field. He's the closest thing we have to a Bishop Bonnet, that, that, that explosive guy. And he really got us started last week um, against Valley. And um, so, like, again, experienced line. We got good size, you know, up and down the line. Now, we have had offensive linemen out against Valley last week. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we had a starting guard. We had a starting center playing guard. We had a, uh, one of our starting guards playing tackle. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, our starting all-conference uh, le- uh, tackle has even played more than uh, a half a game so far. So we've had – pieces that we've moved around they're a little banged up up front but again the standard is the standard but it would help musa if it's not on him to make every play he has accurate frankly he has accuracy issues particularly with deeper throws those are the ones that drive us crazy because you know the guys be wide open you know he but he's pretty efficient with a short passing game so that that run game will really help him i think and and coaches play calling well, I'm looking in the chat room, uh, Kelvin and Charles. And, um, Adrian says he he's a game manager. Got you. Um, he struggled. He's been well. We'll we'll say he's been inconsistent. Right. We can look to the other side. You know, the the backup quarterback is the most popular guy on the football team. You know, <laughs> and, and, and when you look at him, you can look at all corn. You can look at Southern University. You can look throughout uh, the conference. But now, defensively, that's where it stops at. That's the strength for FAMU and Southern University. FAMU defensively. Talk about them. Although they come as advertised. Absolutely. You got to remember, we lost, uh, you know, Isaiah Land. Then we lost Kamari Stevens, uh, you know, to Jacksonville State. During the summer, as a matter of fact. So, you know, question number one for folks outside of family was, what you know, what the pass rush would look like. Now, we had a little taste of uh, uh, what we would, what we, what we were capable of against Bethune last year. So we knew Anthony Dunn was a stud uh, who transferred in from Marshall as a true freshman last year. So we, we, and we still had General Hunt and, and Stanley Mentor and some of those guys up front. So we knew our front seven would be stout. We also knew we had pretty much all our linebacker core coming back. And they are a lot more athletic than in the past years. So they can do equally, uh, stay on the field and do run and pass. And if you watch our defense, we rotate a lot of players. We change the whole front four. 
um, within a, a drive of series. We've not had many teams that have driven the ball down the field, like 10 play drives, 12 play drives, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, they're fast. They get pressure on the quarterback. However, they're not perfect. Our front four has not been as advertised. I mean, our back four has not been as advertised. You know, we had two guys in the secondary who were pre-select selections. And so far, we really haven't had any interceptions, you know, and, and a bunch of turnovers. We we have a lot of tackle for loss and sacks. But, uh, you know, that I think Coach, Coach uh, Simmons alluded to that, and I think that's the next level for us to create a few more turnovers defensively. Um, Kind of looking at the stats, and, and of course, FAMU, number one overall defense, Southern number two. Um, scoring offensively, FAMU, 27 points a game. Southern University, seven, 17 points a game. Scoring defense, FAMU, number two, giving up 15 points a game. Southern is number one, giving up 12.8 points a game. What scares you, Kelvin? I know I asked you about your concerns earlier. What scares you about Southern? Is it just defense? Is it the atmosphere? Is it just more of FAMU and how what they can do? Southern is a lot like FAMU tradition. Playing Southern on the road, they're used to big games, so their players are not going to be intimidated. Their players going to be fired up to play this game, you know, in front of the home crowd. And um, they have talent every year. So you, you know Southern's going to play good defense, and they have the ability to exploit, the, you know, our weaknesses, right? They have running backs. Um, they have a pretty decent line. They have receivers. It, it, it's just can you get consistent quarterback play? So the, admi- the, 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 the fact that Southern – is a, you know we we played so much over the years. There's no intimidation factor because sometimes that does play in a bit when we play certain teams, but this won't be one of them. And then knowing that our marginal error is going to be small, particularly at Southern, given the atmosphere, um, I have to say, generally speaking, we have felt over the years historically that the the the, the officiating has been uh, biased. But I have uh-uh. to admit, the last the last time we was up there, it was a pretty well officiated game. That did not happen, and that actually surprised me. But I always worry about that when we play in Baton Rouge, with one bad call away or one bad uh, turnover away from from being out, you know, losing that game. Maybe it's Willis Simmons, Charles. I remember when he was at Prairie View, and it was a a controversial call. But T, I. See, I feel totally opposite. I think you can't get a break if you're a home team with, with, with Southern University. But you look at the tradition, you look at all of the similarities uh, with this football game. Charles, this might be a, a good a time as ever for your prediction. We know who it's going to be. Yep. I am going with uh, FAMU. Um, I just think right now FAMU at this point is the better team. But I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to go a little bit off, off the beaten path. 
you and I, Carlos, have talked about this on Southern plays at home, whether it's at Mumford, whether it's at the Baby Dome, whether it's at Heinz Field, how there's tension in the air at home. I would like to see Southern I'd like to see Southern University come out against the best team in the league. And fam, you right now by far is the best team in the league. Can the Jaguars get it done at home against one of the top tier teams? Last couple of years has been Jackson State. Okay. Couldn't be Jackson State at home. Now, if this game were in Tallahassee, I would give Southern a puncher's chance because for some reason, when Southern's backs against the wall and they go on the road, they show up and show out. Case in point, UAPB. Case in point, a few years ago, they go to Prairie View and, and blow them out. But at home, it's different. They play with a little bit of tension, or a lot of tension. And this is going to be one of those games. You're going to be the best. That fan, you coming to your house, you've got to let it all go. You can't play uptight. We all know that in any sport, you can't, you, that can't happen and expect to win. So, from a SWAC fan's perspective, my all corn hat says, yes, go fam you. But my SWAC fan hat says, let's see if the Jaguars can really win a big game at home. At home. Because Southern has struggled. When Alcorn won their six straight division titles, when they came to Baton Rouge, the Braves got it done, whether it was Norris Putnam breaking out or Arnold Walker winning in overtime, the Braves were the best team in the league. FAMU's the best team in the league. Can the Jaguars show up at home? There's going to be tension. As you said, some fans still aren't happy. There's going to be tension here at Springs today. Some of our fans still aren't happy, even though we won last week. There's going to be a little bit of tension. It's homecoming. Packed house. I'm speaking to Southern. Can Southern get it done at home against the best right here and right now? As a fan of the SWAT, that's what I would like to see. And that's, you know, I do think FAMU is going to win the game because they're the better team. They're the better team. But I want to see Southern step up. I want to see Southern step it up against the best of the best. We'll see tonight. Well, you see Kevin, I'm clapping. He's challenged uh, Southern University. Sun University's uh, fan base. But by the way, if I would look overall in the last 10 years, pretty good at home. Yeah, they dropped one to Jackson State. Dropped one to FAMU the last time they came there. Had success against Alcorn the last two times at home. So I guess I consider that the two biggest home home victories in the um, last few years. But Charles has put the challenge out to a Southern University uh, football team. Get it done at home. Against the best team in the conference. Against the best team in the conference. It's by the far. By far. By far, yes. By this, far. Carlos, you said it. I think this could be, even though this is year two of Eric Dooley's tenure, this could be a defining moment. Because I do think if Southern wins this game, the confidence will be off the charts. In a few weeks, they're coming here. They're coming here, and I guarantee you, the, the Southern team that comes here in a few weeks is going to be a lot different than the Southern team that you'll see at 6 o'clock tonight. They're, they're going to be on the road. You know, nobody's cheering for them here. Southern's going to play lights out here. Can they do that at 6 o'clock tonight against the best team in the league? We'll see. Yeah, they, they don't need to be worried about going to the reservation just yet. You got you got to win the week, and that starts today. Yeah, it could it, it could be a statement game. We'll see. 
But I, I, I'm going to say what Coach Dooley says. You just got to win the week. Be successful tonight. Kelvin, if FAMU wins the ball game, it'll be because of what? I'm going to go with what I know. It'll be because we shut down the run, our defense create turnovers, and we win defense and special teams. Now, if it's a competitive game, then, I mean, really, you know, like once one, one play game, that's because we turned the ball over offensively mm-hmm. and we were committing a lot of penalties. That's the other Achilles heels of our, of our offense primarily. So so we play a clean game. I think we can get, get out of there with a solid victory. But I just don't know if we give it, if we haven't we haven't put four quarters together all season, so I don't know. Well, we're we're saying, fam, you're the best team by far. But Kelvin, it sounds like you're saying, yeah, but yeah, but so it, 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 I am, yeah, I understand because um, we're I I know I'm kind of looking from the outside looking in with with with, with fam, you. Um, but you have to respect the tradition. Uh, when I was on the OG Strike Zone this past um, Wednesday, we talked about that tradition. Oh, man, some of the battles, you know, 50-49, 50-48. So let's uh, reciprocate. Um, for those who didn't see it last, uh, this past Wednesday, some of your uh, memorable moments with FAMU and, and Southern University football. Well, I, I love going to uh, Baton Rouge, and I'm and I'm just sick to death that I didn't make it uh, this time. Because up until the last two times we played up there, I had with the every Southern game since like the early '90s when we played in Baton Rouge. But um, my favorite game in, of all times is, is, is uh, I think it was around 1998 or 2000. One of those games. It was one of those 50, uh, 50 to 48 games. The Southern was driving. And you had a uh, wide receiver from Tallahassee who got hit at like the two yard line and fumbled. Uh, I think his name was Dale Roberts, if I'm not mistaken, who played at Tallahassee Garvey. And so we pulled that game out. My next favorite game was in Tallahassee. Uh, is of course it's the Internet Pete game where uh, the old me at fans page. You know we, we were stirring things up, talking trash, selling wolf tickets, and some kind of way one of those jazz got get gave it to Internet Pete. And he made the statement, somebody's going to get embarrassed. Oh, yeah. And uh, they came down. They, you know, they were undefeated, highly ranked, man. And that's, to, to this day, probably the most raucous and fired up I've ever seen a family crowd, man. That game was electric. And it was over after the first kickoff. <laughs> but it, and, it was a beat down. And, and, and I, boy, I remember that well. And if I'm not mistaken... At that time, the play-by-play guy, I think people will, will, will recognize his name, James Verrett. And I was part of uh, the, the broadcast crew, keeping stats, you know, pregame, a little bit of postgame. And he had a famous saying, Jaguar Nation, rally around your radios. No, it was over. It was over, literally. Seven yeah. zero, and um, who are the guys? The Rack Boys, Jacque Nunley, Kayla Lamb. 
Oh my good. I want to say it was great a quarterback. If if he wasn't a quarterback, he had a big, big quarterback, big physical guy. Yeah, uh, that, that probably would have been around 99. So Quinn played 2000 and, and that 99. I mean, he was on the team anyway, but but yeah, he was a part-time starter, I believe, that year. So yes. Yeah, but man, it's 7-0. Looks like it was three plays scored. Pick off the Southern University. Big vicious hit. Fumble. Fam, you get it. Goes around the scores quickly. Yeah, I, I, I want to say it was 28-0. After yeah, after the first quarter. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Enough of going down memory lane on that one. And then we kind of <laughs> talked about the, the time that uh, uh, Southern defeated FAMU in Tallahassee and uh, the water sprinkles. The water sprinkler <laughs> game, yes. Oh, yeah. my. You know, they, they still some Southern I still pissed off about that one, but years ago. <laughs> So, you know, those are the type of things that make a rivalry good. You know, yes. the interaction uh, with the fans, you know, you go back and forth, you win some, you lose some. But uh, FAMU, as of late, um, last time they played, they won. Last time at Mumford Stadium, they won. So um, tonight will be a good time. It will be a good test uh, for both teams. But for Southern University, uh, this could go a long way. And uh, proving the prognosticators right, correct? Because Kelvin, they said in the West it's Southern, in the East it's FAMU. We shall see. It's still plenty of football left to play. Kelvin, close the comments. Well, I was going to say to, to Charles, you know, I backed off. Southern was my favorite preseason, but I backed off and thought you know those Braves would have a you know a little bit better quarterback play. I knew they had strong defense returning. So, you know, I, I kind of switched out and I picked the Braves first and Southern second. So um, the, the Hunters not going to be at this game. So I'm interested to see. I know Rattler Faber will be there, but maybe not, maybe not as in the numbers they would have been if the Hunter was coming. I don't think that it impact our players. And coaches, frankly, we know the environment. We don't play in these games before. It's a rivalry. Rivalry. You're going to get the best fan you, I think, this to, to today. Uh, but I do worry about the fragility, how fragile the psyche of our offense is if we don't have early success. That's what I want to see. Hmm. Yeah. When you when you look at the scores, I mean, they they dominated Jackson State. You know, they kind of pulled away from Valley. What's going to happen when adversity hits? I yeah. mean, Southern does come out and play the game that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But if they come yeah. out, FAMU in the mouth a couple of times and get them staggered, what will FAMU do? Because if you look at what they've done in conference, it's been kind of one-sided. So we'll, yeah. we'll see if adversity hits in, in a game like this. Right. Yeah. And, you know, guys, you always talk about on this show adversity and how you respond to it. Um. Southern in every game. They're two and zero in the conference, two and two overall. They scored first in every game. Every game they've taken the lead. So it'll be interesting to see if FAMU, if that if that trend follows, how they will respond. But I will say this: they know it's a big game. I think they'll be up to the challenge. They're not in Eda Vina. They're not playing Mississippi Valley State. I think. Southern will get FAMU's 
best shot. Just, yes. just, just my opinion. Kelvin, we appreciate the time, and um, hey, we'll 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 do this again. We'll get you Thank back you. when when it's not Southern and Fam you playing, um, but uh, we'll we'll check in with you, and you'll give us an update on on Fam you the rest of the season. Anytime, just call on me, man. I appreciate y'all guys for sharing this uh, forum with with me today. I enjoyed it, and go Rattlers. I understand. <laughs> that was Kelvin Rozier of the OG Strike Zone. We'll take uh, another timeout. Then we'll transition a little bit to uh, hour number two. Willa Brown. We call him Andy Willa Brown. And then also uh, Coach Van Petaway will join us. We'll get um, his opinion on those sweat. Uh, preseason polls, both on the women's and the men's side. For Southern University, Coach Johnson, first year, just about where I thought they would be uh, predicted to, to be at. Southern University women coming off a tournament championship, defeating Jackson State. But it's going to be very competitive. So I, I don't really have a problem with the uh, preseason polls. It's for the fans to engage and talk about it, agree to disagree. That makes the conversation pretty good. So hour number two coming up, you're watching the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean. Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get him. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, 
www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Stride K-12 Powered Schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Coles Brown, joined by Willa Brown, Charles Elman back. Um, Coach Petaway, I guess we'll uh, try to get him back up and going. I saw him there, at least from the audio perspective. Trying to get him up for uh, the a video perspective. As, uh, see, we're trying to get him in right now. Southern and FAMU in the big game tonight, 6 p.m. on ESPNU. Willer, mm. good afternoon. Um, your loyalty is to the former MEAC school and FAMU. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that, Carlos. not going to say that. I'm, but I'm going to call it like I see it, pretty much. Yeah, and uh, I, I I got Southern in an upset this evening. You know and, that's, that's and, strange and I think, to hear. I, 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 I just I just think that being at home, you know, two game winning streak, feeling pretty good about themselves, even though it hasn't been perfect by any means. You know, but I I just think they muster up enough. And a defensive struggle, I think it's going to be, you know, and I, I just think Southern Southern pulls it out at home. You know, I think there's some chinks in FAMU's armor that hasn't been realized yet. And, you know, maybe Coach Dooley is the one to uh, kind of get to the bottom of that. And uh, so it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a hard-hitting game. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that the fans of Southern, as Charles was stating uh, earlier, rise to the occasion and really get behind those guys and, uh, and, and push them forward to, to a victory. Well, you, you know, sometimes a fan base uh, psyche is, is fragile. And this will go a long way and um, 
putting Southern in a position to still accomplish their goals. You don't like to say one game can determine the season or make the outcome a certain way. But for the way this Southern football team has had to overcome adversity, whether it was from opposing teams or self-inflicted or a combination of both, or two things can be right at the same time, this will go a long way in um, determining goals uh, for Southern University. Now, we, we look at a, a football team that seems to be trending upward. Uh, last week, and, and Will, you appreciate this, uh, and you, you were talking about as a former offensive lineman, uh, Southern got some players back. They kind of put some players, moved them to a different side on the offensive line, and they were able to come up with their – and they've gotten healthier. They had some injuries in the offensive line as well. They came up with their best performance of the season over 200 yards rushing. And what that did was it allowed the passing game to be more effective. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, it came at the right time. Now it's about putting together back-to-back weeks mm-hmm. and getting a running game established. I think it's going to be crucial tonight for both teams, specifically at Southern University. You run the football, it, 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 it makes the, off, the passing game effective and overall the offense um, it gives them a better chance to be successful. Mm-hmm. I think they'll rise to the occasion. Yeah, I, I think it's time. You know, I think Charles, might have been Charles who talked about the possibility of this being a statement type game. And uh, I think this will truly be a statement type of game for Southern, more so than, than FAMU. And, uh, you know, because if Southern has any hopes, of getting to the Celebration Bowl or getting to the SWAC championship game, that sort of thing. They need to send a message this evening, you know, that, you know, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, in the SWAC. You know, they need to send a message to the rest of the teams in the SWAC West, you know, that we are, if we haven't arrived, we're close to arriving. You know, we right there at the doorstep or or walking up the doorway, that sort of thing. And uh, so this game for Southern carries all kinds of, you know, ramifications and hopes and, and things of that make, that nature. So, you know, I mean, it's not going to make or break the year. You know, I'm not saying that, but it's going to go a long way toward setting the attitude for the rest of the year. Now we say yeah. hello in support to uh, Coach Van Petaway. Hello, guys. Hello. Don't tell me you're in Mobile. Oh, yeah. I'm in Mobile. Uh, (laughs) This is the brothers weekend. So I I, I got my brothers here this weekend with us. And uh, then I got a brother from another mother, uh, Reginald Gibson, who's just like a brother to us. And I'm looking forward to a big game tonight, uh, this afternoon, between uh, our Bulldogs and Jackson State. Uh, People are coming in. Uh, we We got in here Thursday. So the atmosphere, the football atmosphere is here. I'm looking forward to a great game. Coach Petaway, I'll say this. You get in on Thursdays, and when I was making road trips, I get on a Friday. Hopefully I'll be able to do that one day like you. Get in on a Thursday. That's a that boy, that must be relaxing. Because for me, it was always a Friday, sometimes a turnaround, most of the time 
leave that Sunday and um, man, Thursday, what an extra day can do for a person. <laughs> but look, as you age, you, you got you need that extra time. So uh, <laughs> hey, that's the truth. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> but all around the swag this week, you know that Southern AMU you game, that's big. <clears throat> I think it's gonna it's gonna tell a lot about not only Southern now, it's gonna tell a lot about fam you because if fam can go on the road and win down there at Southern, I think it's gonna send a clear message to the rest of the swag that you gotta come through Florida in there. Yeah, well, it is going to be. We, we can safely say it's it's the game of the week, but there are also some uh, other important games as well. I want to switch to uh, to the basketball side. Oh, now yeah. they had Swag Media Day both on the women's and men's side, and um, uh, we'll put up the graphs first for on the women's Whoa. side. Chivalry is not dead, and. Um, Jackson State, I, you know, they picked up Jackson State to win it on the women's side. Mm-hmm. I think the coaches, at least they're thinking right because, you know, they've shown their dominance over the last four or five years. And I think they got it right when they when they picked Jackson State uh, to win another title. Uh, to me, the surprise team in the top uh, five was uh, Pine Bluff. You know, a lot of, a lot of coaches got a uh, – and, Charles, you have to help me with this. I thought they lost a lot. I thought Pine Bluff lost a lot, and I didn't think the coaches would pick them that high. But to pick them third, I think that's a testimony to the hard work they've done out there at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Charles, I, I, I think he was addressing you about uh, what, what UAPB. Charles, did you think did you think they picked Pine Bluff too high? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, we, we had a, we had a tough connection. Is that was that on the women's side? Yeah, on the women on the women's side. Um, uh, you know, John Brown's team. You know, they played Jackson State tough in the tournament last year. Um, she got a new contract. But it's clearly, and she, one thing I can say about Coach Brown, her team can recruit. She can recruit and get some players in there. So I think what let's be honest. The voters for the Southwestern Athletic Conference standings and players are the SIDs and the coaches who vote. And so you're looking at the ebbs and flows of that. No media gets a chance to vote for that. And so clearly they see an improvement and they see that Coach Brown, the recruiting that she's done, almost beat Jackson State in that tournament game last year. They're looking at that, and I do think that they probably – yeah, it, now he just went off. But it was interesting to hear them talk about what to hear Coach talk about, how her ladies have worked over the summer. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's got the Twin Towers coming back. So I think that with the Twin Towers, that's probably the reason why uh, they voted them so high. And you see where they got four first-place votes. Now, they did play well down the stretch. If you remember uh, the last half of the season, and especially in the SWAC tournament, Arkansas Pine Bluff gave him some fits now. So that, that might be a good choice. And if, and if, if things are right and she's saying that uh, her kids are in better shape now than they've ever been, then the, the, on the women's side, it, it's going to be a dog fight all the way to the end. Yeah, I mean, Southern, uh, well, Jackson State, number one, 11 first place vote. Southern, uh, 
pick number two, Pine Bluff. I'm, we're going to talk a little bit more about Arkansas Pine Bluff. Fourth, Alabama A&M. As you can see, fifth, Alabama State. Sixth, Prairie View A&M. Bethune-Cookman, seventh, Grambling State, eighth. Wow. Nine, Alcorn State. Ten, FAMU. Eleven, Texas Southern. Twelve, Mississippi Valley State. Uh, but you know, Southern uh, defeated Jackson State in the tournament championship, but then they had a tough one with um, – Arkansas Pine Bluff, Coach Brown has done a great job of recruiting and putting together the pieces there. And, I, you know, it's going to be very competitive on the on the women's side. We talk about that each and every year. But you, you, you look at that top four, a very strong four. And then, you know, Alabama State and Purview, Coach Pugh at Purview A&M, you know, she's trying to get that program uh, to where she needs it to be or she wants it to be. So that's kind of a look at the women's preseason uh, poll. But, um, Coach Petaway, I don't think anyone could really uh, argue the point or disagree with the poll um, w- w- on the women's side. Right, right. There should not be any argument when it comes to that because Jackson State has shown their dominance over the last five years. Willer, I, I agree. I would agree uh, 100%. And I know that uh, this is the final year of Coach Reed's contract, I believe, at Jackson State. Hmm. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, whether or not Jackson State kind of steps up to the plate in terms of retaining her. I know she's making a pretty decent salary from what I read somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if the numbers were correct. Like four hundred and eighty-five thousand or something to that effect. I, I, I don't know. You know, I the number seemed outstanding to me. That mm-hmm. you know, women's coach in the SWAC would make almost a half a million dollars a year. But uh, so I don't, I don't know if that number was truly correct or what have you. But uh, I mean, she deserves a a decent contract. And uh, you know, I was surprised that. Uh, she wasn't offered an extension maybe last year or or, or the or the year before. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how those negotiations play out, you know, whether or not there's some other suitors uh, for her services, that sort of thing. And so it's just going to be interesting, I think, all, all the way around. So, you know, the, the heat is on naturally being a number one team and all that sort of thing. But you know, contract year for the coach, I think, kind of adds a little bit more sauce to the to the mix, and so you know, I'm anxious to see what what's going to happen. Right, and Wheeler during the media day, uh, a reporter asked her about her contract, and she she really didn't like that, and she didn't answer that. She says we're not going to talk about a contract. So wow. I, I think you know there might be something. Uh, there might be something out there now that that that's mm-hmm. not going well when it comes to those mm-hmm. negotiations. And, so, and I don't, I don't that, blame her. She I shut them down. She shut them down fast. Yeah, yeah. Right. That wasn't the time. And uh, you right. know, I'm with you, Coach Petaway. I think there may be some underlying things there. Uh, it, it may be a thing of well, you know, y'all should have came come to the table last year or the year before last, and you know, offered me an extension. You know, I think anytime a coach goes to the last year of their contract, you know, before anything is being done or said, then that kind of, I don't know, sends an indirect message of some sort, 
you know, and, and a coach can take that from a negative point of view. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, Coach Reed, I don't know if she's had uh, opportunities to move on that she really liked. I'm sure there were some offers out there like the last couple of years, but with the salary that she's making at, at Jackson State, I mean, from, from what I've seen, tough tough to pay that kind of money elsewhere, you know, even though it may right. be a, a step up somewhere, that sort of thing, you know, but the, the dollars say what the dollars say. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see see what happens from there. Well, let me put it out there. You're, you're, you're the AD, Coach Petaway, from a coaching perspective, you've got a good resume. You've done very well at Jackson State for as negotiating. She is in the strength category, correct? Or am I wrong? Yes. Based on what she's done. Right. Yes. She, right. Her, her, the cars uh, are heavily in her favor. She, she's got everything she needs uh, to negotiate a good, a good contract. So and, now, and I don't go ahead, Carlos. I'm sorry. So now, from an AD perspective, she's done great. Okay, Ever said she got a raise when Memphis came for her last year. But you know what? I still think and from a society, we live in a capitalistic society, she's going to always try to get what's best for her and her family. Now, from an administrative perspective, a dating perspective, will would this negotiation be easy? from the standpoint of both parties getting it done. I'm sure she's had offers from other places, but it just seems to me from the outside looking in, she has a special thing being at Jackson State and and, and, and being Jackson State at HBCU because I've seen uh, some of her comments before. It, it's kind of like, yeah, I could go somewhere else, but I, I want to do something special at Jackson State. So Shouldn't it be easy to get it done if that's what both parties want? You would think so, uh, uh, Carlos, mm-hmm. but as uh, Bumpy Jonas and Shaft uh, in the movie Shaft said, money, all, money always matters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, so it's, it's, uh, it, it's kind of catch-22 there. You know, if, if I'm the AD at Jackson State, you know, naturally, you know, you got to keep a short list for all your coaches, that sort of thing. Uh, if she's making as much money as is reported right now, I don't know that she has, they have reached the ceiling in terms of what they're able to pay, you know, the, the women's basketball coach, you know, and, and if right. not, I mean, I don't know if there's some other creative ways to, kind of help supplement that that sort of thing but you know i'm i'm thinking that you know if it's that 400 plus thousand that i'm seeing being reported then you know i'm thinking there's a kind of ceiling there carlos in terms of the in terms of the salary structure so it's going to have to be some give and take i think uh-huh if your figures are correct i guarantee she's making more than every male coach every men's coach in the swag yeah, yeah, you know. So, like I said, you know, Coach Petaway, I'm not sure. I, I read this somewhere, but then I kind of had a double take with it also. 
Yeah, because I'm like, yeah. geez, Jackson State paying that, that kind of money, you know, for a women's yeah. coach, not knocking a women's game or anything like that, just didn't seem ideal. You know, so I think either, either way it goes, they're going to have to meet somewhere uh, in the middle, you know, and Carlos, they're going to have to sweeten the pot, you know, in terms of incentives possibly and, and, and things of that nature. Uh, you know, they got to do what it takes to keep her if they can, but at mm-hmm. the same time, understanding that there's a ceiling there, you know, there, there's a limit to which they will go and they need to have the backup plan fully in place, you know, for if and when, you know, she decides this is not going to be good enough and, you know, she, she's going to hit the, hit the door, that sort of thing. So. It, it, it's going to be interesting, you know. It's, right. it's going to be and really. really think about this: if that figure is correct, we, we're in the football coach's money. Yeah. In the swag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So see that that's what I'm saying. So it, it, it that could shift that could shift the 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 pay structure in our league now mm-hmm. if that were to happen because you're going to mm-hmm. have football coaches say, "Wait a minute now, you got you got this lady, this women's basketball coach at Jackson." At this figure, and I'm mm-hmm. the head football coach, mm-hmm. and, and I'm below that. So you, they, that it's going to be real interesting how this plays yeah. out. Because yeah, I know for a is. fact now from from the guys that I know in this league, if she's north of four hundred thousand, she's making more than all of the, the male coaches on the men's side. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. basketball now, in basketball, and she's making mm-hmm. more than most of the football coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on her resume, you know, and I understand football is the engine. I understand all that. But what she's done, Coach Reed, is outstanding. Right. And um, her resume is well. And I'm happy well. for her now, by the yeah, way. I'm happy for her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, coach, and I am too. As a coach, I, am too. I, can go, I can go to the negotiation table. You know, if mm-hmm. I'm a basketball coach in the league, I can go to the negotiation table now and say, hey, wait a minute now. Let's look at what they're doing at Jackson State on the women's side. So that that that's good. I'm happy for her. And then this might help all the other coaches in the league when it comes to salaries. Charles? She needs to be prepared, Carlos. She needs to be prepared to, to have an exit plan of her own. You know, if things aren't suited the way that uh, she would like for them to be to be suited, you know. I mean, I I would think that this is just me talking. I would think that if there have been some fully or really really attractive opportunities out there for her, you know, that she would have done more than just taking a glance. And you know, I mean, you know, we we talk about you know what we want to do for HBCUs and you know the whole lot with that. You know, at, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, our families and, you know, taking care of, you know, uh, that business on the business part on that end, you know, so it necessitates that, you know, we have to, you know, be mindful of the opportunities that, that may be out there. And I think for her, it's, it's really, it's really no different. You know, so, I mean, hopefully, you know, both parties have a sense of duty in mind and you know they're going to look forward to having some nice clean discussions and 
you know, uh, let's see, let's see what can get done. Charles, uh, you can weigh in on this. We've gotten others' opinion on there. And, and I'll just quickly simply say this. Outstanding coach. She's done a great job. And um, whether she stays or goes, hopefully she'll get it done. But if not, she won't be unemployed at all. Not at all. Go ahead, Charles. Yeah, I, I think the word maxed out is uh, kind of my thing. I think Coach Reed has done just about everything that you could possibly do in the SWAC level. She's won regular season titles. She's gone to the NCAA tournament. She had LSU on the ropes. Uh, yeah, Charles is having some uh, Wi-Fi issues. Yeah, and um, up, Charles, you're back. Yeah. I switched connections, uh, so I think this was probably the more stable. But I think uh, Coach Reed has done short of winning a game in the NCAA tournament. I think he's got all she can do at Jackson State as far as what regular season titles, tournament titles, players, all that. Uh, I think for most of our schools, unfortunately, there is a feeling. And if another school comes calling to offer her a dollars a year, that hard. Um, I don't know if four hundred thousand dollars is correct. Uh, I know Texas Southern's coming at the quarter of a meal. That's the top as far as the mm-hmm. minutes. I don't know if any other coach is making that. Mm-hmm. Another mid-tier school comes out and comes to with a pretty good package. Trust me, I think. Okay. Jackson, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Other than winning again. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I think Ashley Robinson, he just got a new contract. I think with a new president coming, they may push a couple more dollars at her. But if another mid-tier school comes after her with 500, 550, something in a card with a bigger budget, you can believe she's gone. I would hate that because I like she's very outspoken, you know, all that. So I, I think you know money talks, as they say, money talks. Some other stuff walks. So I think for Coach Reed, I think if another school comes after her with a pretty good package, five years, whatever, quarter, five years, two point five million dollars, five years with a whole bunch of escalate, bigger budget, she's gonna take that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah. I, once again, I would say I wish her well. She doesn't owe anybody an explanation. She'll do what's best for her. Um, her record speaks for herself, and she will be successful whether she continues to stay at Jackson State or the ceiling promotes for her to go to another institution. She'll be successful because she's a dynamite coach. Let's quickly um, move to the men's side and see our preseason poll. And, and by the way, we're going to uh, end the show at about 12.45 Central Standard Time, just 15 minutes early to uh, help out uh, the network with another uh, event that's going on. So, hey, I believe we're in the team uh, a player. So on the men's side, guys, there we go. Texas Southern. Grambling State, number yep. two. Alcorn, number three. Could be some discussions why Alcorn's not number two. Jackson State, fourth. 
Southern University, fifth, Purview, sixth, Alabama and them, seventh, Alabama State, eight, of course, nine, Bethune Cookman, 10, Arkansas Pine Bluff, FAMU, 11, Valley, 12. The discussion. Some could make a case for Alcorn State, number one. Some could make a case for Alcorn State, number two. Grambling State, there you have it. Coach Petaway, preseason poll. Did the prognosticators get it right? Well, Carlos, uh, uh, for me, the only thing I would have uh, questioned is Southern at fifth with a new coach, um, you know, putting them ahead of Prairie View when you got a, uh, a veteran coach there, he's got a a, a good nu nucleus coming back. That would probably be the only thing that um, that would be the only thing that I, I would look at, but I felt like all corn and Texas Southern are the, to me on the men's side, they are the teams to beat. But you cannot count, you, can't, you cannot leave out Grambling now because not only has he done well there, he just added Jalen Johnson, uh, who's an all first team all squack performer. He's not at Grambling to go with what, what, what Coach Jackson already has. So it's going to be interesting uh, for this season to play out. And I, I think those top four teams. I think they'll be be there in the end. What so say you, Carl? Charles, you have to turn your mic on. Can you? I can't hear. Mm -hmm. Can you? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Coach Petaway, the breaking news there. Uh, Jalen Johnson coming to Grambling to that roster. I mean, Jalen Johnson was a pretty good player in this conference. And so I adds to that adds to it. Um, you know, with Texas Southern, I, I thought maybe with with brought back, maybe the voters don't see you know the same type of talent this year as this past, uh, and maybe that's why they have them down a little bit. They see Grambling on the upswing after the old five start last year. They feel like they're on roll. That's kind of what I see that as far as what the. You know, having Southern University kind of in the middle of the pack, Carlos, remember now, a top four team last year, first year coach, and now you got some slippage there. So that's good. Yeah. From, from the voters, obviously they see that a little bit of slippage there. Yeah, I can that first year coach continuity, trying to get it all together. I get it. But that's uh, the Southern number one. Six, six, so the voters like to vote. The season, the last season, obviously they see the yeah, I, you know, hey, it, it's for discussion. Southern University, I, I probably thought they would be sixth or seventh with, 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 with a with a new coach, and we've talked to Coach Johnson, and uh, I think he'll he'll get the program where it needs to be. But you know, the good thing about all of this, you can kind of compare and contrast, and then we can look at these preseason polls at the end of the season, Willer, and see how correct they were, how did mm -hmm. it play out. And so, you know, it's good for discussion. Hey, but I I, I don't mm -hmm. I'm not going to argue against, you know, the it's fodder. It's fodder for the fans, Carlos. You know, it's, it's, it's conversation piece, that sort of thing. And, you know, I, I think that I don't know that the coaches pay too much attention to it, you know, outside of those who may feel disrespected because they were 
picked in the bottom half or what have you, and they may try to use it for, you know, motivation, that sort of thing. But, you know, it really only going to take you so far. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, I'm, 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 I kind of thought that, you know, Alcorn with, with, with Coach Buffy, you know, I thought they probably should have been in that number two slot as opposed to Grambling. But, you know, Coach Petterway was talking about the new addition that Grambling has. I don't know if that, you know, played a part in it or what have you. But, you know, like I said, you can't put too much stock in these preseason polls. It's exactly what it is. It's something for us to talk about. It's something to have a discussion about. It's something for, you know, fans to feel uh, on cloud nine or disrespected, depending on where your school is located. And, uh, you know, you just look forward to the season and having it all play out. So you can talk junk at the end about how your team was picked to finish 10th and came in second or, you know, things of that nature. Yeah, well, and, and you know, uh, you're absolutely right. As we get Coach uh, Petaway back, and uh, we have to move on to get uh, in, into the SWAC football. But, you know, it's just interesting. Sometimes you, you you have a cause and effect. You get a reaction. And I don't want to open up Pandora's box, but uh, – this past week, I got a lot of text messages from uh, the Miami Heat Media Day and, and, and Jimmy Butler and his uh, – he, he fooled all of y'all. He didn't have me upset. And then if you look at the, the recent uh, – the first day of their, their, their camp, he's back to the old Jimmy Butler. You know, the hairstyle and everything. So – it, it upset a lot of people. You know, people made fun, but hey, Jimmy Butler is a dog. And so <laughs> he fooled all of y'all with that just to get a reaction, a cause and a effect. Um, and he got it. <laughs> yes, sir, he did. Um, I'm glad I didn't panic, didn't come out with a public statement and all of that <laughs> stuff. Just the, the, the ones, and you know who you are. You text me. I said, it's going to be all right. Let's let's concentrate on getting back to the finals. Um, let's move quickly. <laughs> Swack recap last week in football. Um, it was Texas Southern all over Lincoln. It was their homecoming, fifty-two to seven. Alabama and them over Tuskegee in their homecoming to win fifty-eight to three. It was Alcorn State winning in overtime. With the gift of gifts from Alabama State, but as Charles said, you take a win, you take a win. Over Alabama State, 23 to 20, it was Grambling State. And, and help me if I'm wrong, or correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it said Grambling State, Hugh Jackson. I, I call him Hollywood Hugh. Took it personal. <laughs> and they defeated Prairie View and them 35 to 20. We all got that wrong. I think most of us on the panel said it was going to be Prairie View. And then, of course, family over Valley. Guys, Grandma State makes a statement. I think it was, it's was. it been a while since they defeated Prairie View. Hollywood Hugh and Grandma State, <laughs> they got it done over Prairie View. And now they've thrown the West in even more chaos. 
Yes, sir. That yeah, that that loss by Prairie View opened the door for Grambling, opened the door for Southern, opened the door for Alcorn. We'll take it. We'll, we'll <laughs> maybe you know maybe Prairie View is maybe not quite what we think they they were. Remember, it took a field goal here at the Horn to win here. So you know who knows what's going to happen with the Panthers. They start fast, they fizzle in the past, and that was a hiccup. We'll see. But, you know, Grambling, I wonder why Hugh Jackson, Carlos, I've been saying it all week. Why did Hugh Jackson say it was personal? I wonder what was said and what was done. I don't know. Somebody help help me out on that one. Yeah, so, you know, some, somebody from my buddy, Renard Higgins from Grambling, somebody, you know, chime in in the chat room. What was this about a two Hugh Jackson pissed off? I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, and they scored late. And uh, a 15-point victory over. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, that game and seeing if Grambling can build on the momentum over the last couple of weeks. Other than crazy. Well, well, Willa, all, all the conversation has been, you know, crawling, throwing it all over the place. Offensively, they're much better than they were last year. Yeah, that is absolutely correct. But now, like. Every team in this conference, you got your strengths and your weaknesses, and it's things that you got to work on defensively. Boy, they got a lot of work, Grambling State. And it appears to me that they've got to outscore everybody, and that's a lot of pressure week in and week out. And then when you come up against a a outstanding defense, will you be able to gut it out? If your offense has an off week. Mm Mm-hmm. Will your defense be able to step it up and win the football game for him? I have serious question marks about that right now. And hey, they may go in all corner and pitch a shutout. Who knows? But um I I'm not sold on Grambling yet. I don't know, you know, what it is. And you know, I, I just can't put a, a a hand on it or a finger on it or what have you. I, I'm just not sold on Grambling yet. You know, granted, they probably beat a good uh, PV team last week, that sort of thing. But I, I, I just don't know. It might be Hugh Jackson. I don't know. I'm just not sold on, on Grambling yet. So they they still got a little ways to go in, in my book uh, in terms of really establishing themselves as power players over, over on that side of the, of the ledger. Oh, boy, I got a text message. Jimmy Butler looked like the lead singer of the bar case. Marlon, stop it. Marlon, stop it. Jermaine Stewart, I heard all of the jokes. You know, stop it. He fooled y'all. My goodness. I wasn't worried. Um, Swag schedule for today. Purview and them in Mississippi Valley State. Of course, it's Alcorn State. And their homecoming hosting Grambling State, 2.30 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. Alabama State hosting Bethune-Cookman at 2 p.m. That's on HBCU Go uh, TV. Of course, Jackson State and Alabama and him getting it on in Mobile at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, that's on ESPN+. Plus. And, of course, the game of the week, just in my humble opinion, Southern and FAMU, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPNU. We've got about six minutes, guys. Six minutes. Um, prediction times. Prairie View and them in Mississippi Valley. Charles? Prairie View. Quick and easy. <laughs> I say Prairie View. They bounce back. Wheeler? 
I'll say Prairie View, keep the buses running because you're not going to have to cut the buses off. You know, it's going to be in and out, and uh, it's going to be a, a very, very quick turnaround. Oh, I, I, I understand. Um, Alabama State and Bethune-Cookman. Alabama State is on board. I, I don't know how their psyche is going to be. What? All those turnovers and let one get away. I think they're going to be in a nasty mood. But Bethune-Cookman has been playing tough all season. I like Alabama State in this game being at home. Willer? I like Alabama State at home also. Uh, you know, not really sold that much on Bethune yet. They're still in the early stages of whatever it is they're trying to put together, that sort of thing. But uh, I, I like Alabama State at home. Charles? I'm going with Bethune-Cookman. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm going with Bethune-Cookman because I think Alabama State left a lot out there when they played Southern University. That team hadn't been the same since week one. You know, lost to Miles, lost to Alcorn, fumble that game away. Pressure on homecoming. Bethune-Cookman's got nothing nothing to lose. I got Bethune-Cookman. I think Bama State, I don't say it mailed it in, but I don't, I don't, I don't see a good enough quarterback play from Alabama State. They can run the football, but I, I think Bethune-Cookman's going to go in there and get them. Well, we'll see if they can overcome adversity. We always talk about what which teams can do that and bounce back. It's gut check uh, time. JSU and Alabama and him. I'm going to go with JSU. Coming off, I believe, an open week. Uh, Jason Brown, which Brown will show up? What can Brown do for you? Um, they're the better team. Um, and I like JSU um, in winning in, in, in Mobile. Miller? While I think JSU is the better team, uh, this could be a statement game for Kyle Maynard at A&M. Yeah, this game, I think, is going to determine where his place is in terms of the uh, hierarchy, in terms of the SWAC conference. You know, I think he needs this win very badly, you know, against a good uh, a JSU team. You know, you know, he likes to talk a lot of smack and, you know, all that sort of thing. And, and, lately, and he's had, had some problems. Yeah. Lately, he's had some problems uh, uh, selling those wolf tickets. And, uh, but he's going he's gonna to have to step up now and uh, at home, you know, against a good JSU team. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of I'm, I'm leaning towards A and M on this one in, in a statement game for Connell Maynard. All right, three minutes, Charles. Let's go. Yeah, I, I think it's a toss up to me. Um, I'm if I had to put some money on it, I'm going to go with Alabama A and M. Oh my goodness, Charles! <laughs> <laughs> Charles, you like the underdog, huh? <laughs> yeah, he scored 100 points against Tuskegee on homecoming. What does that mean? Probably nothing, but something tells me that they're going to show up and they're going to put some points on the board and put Jackson State on their heels. I got Alabama in and a close one. Wow. Unbelievable. Southern and <laughs> FAMU, 6 p.m. 
ESPNU. Willer? I'm going with Southern in the upset. Uh, I'm going with Southern in the upset. I think it's going to be a, 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 a strong defensive game. And, uh, you know, I just think, you know, Southern coming off of two wins in a row and, you know, feeling a lot better about themselves than they were early on, being at home, you know, with the, with the home crowd behind you and, you know, all the little nuances that, that go with that. I'm hoping it's going to make, make a difference for them. But uh, I'm, I'm going, with, going, with, going with Southern on this one. All righty. Charles, we, we got less than a minute. Hey, you people. already gave your prediction, fam. You <laughs> Jaguars, can you show up against the best team in the league at all? Can you get done? Well, if, if, if you need motivation for that game, that that's sad. I just simply say, running the football will be key for Southern University. Um, they defensively got to force some turnovers. This will be a physical, physical game. At the end of the day. Southern kicks a field goal to win it late in the ball game. I got Southern winning that game. Quickly, I just want to encourage you, a proud sponsor of the Post Brown Show, the Blue and Gold Centric Club. Uh, ride with the Blue and Gold Centric Club to Jacksonville, Florida, October 21st. The cost $200, which includes game ticket, refreshments, and a ton of fun. Hotel costs $138. Contact Craig Pierre, 225-324-7234. That's the Blue and Gold Centric Club, proud sponsor of the Carlos Brown Show. I want to thank all of the guests, Roy producing, and for you for tuning in. Until next time, <laughs> peace and God bless. Go!